Hey everybody, this is Peter. Uh, before we start the podcast today, I just wanted to let you know a couple things. Uh, the first thing is that um, because he's, he was traveling and we weren't able to get a good cell signal when we were scheduled to record, uh, we were unable to do the interview with Daniel Carcillo for this episode. However, we are going to reschedule that, so we're hoping that we can reschedule that in time for next episode. Uh, but regardless, we are going to have that coming. It's just not in this episode. So we just wanted to make sure because obviously we promoted it and if you were tuning into this expecting to hear the interview, we don't want you to keep wondering when it's going to happen. Uh, the other thing is that we had a couple of audio issues that aren't really that big of a deal, but just we want to make sure that you know that we're aware of them. Uh, for First of all, when I was talking to Kelly from Broad Street Hockey, um, my microphone i was recording on a different computer than normal and my microphone was way too loud and because of that it was distorted and i fixed it as best i can but it's not terrible but it's not the greatest audio quality on my end so i apologize for that and then the other thing is too i think there's a there's an update we need to do for the software that we use to record um with each other and so uh, periodically throughout the episode, you'll hear a little bit of uh, a little bit of clipping uh, but we think we can fix that anyway enjoy the show for sure 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 all right, welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Peter's friend. What? <laughs> and I'm Jay. Sorry. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I need to hear it in order to trigger the next part of <laughs> oh, my right. of my subroutines, you know? Are you like are you like the winter soldier of podcasts? You need to hear your your uh, uh, triggering phrase to, exactly. to turn on? Exactly. Like, Cold, midnight, Batman, cherry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So well, and now the podcast can begin. There you go. All right. So we are recording this on um, February sixteenth. We are currently nine days away from the trade deadline, which is February twenty fifth, which is a Monday at three p.m. Eastern time. So we are going to start off by talking first about some trades that actually happened, uh, because in the recent past, the trade deadline has basically meant let's talk about all the trades and then everybody gets excited when uh sportsnet has their you know their 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 12 hour trade marathon extravaganza and all the trades get made that you know by the day before and they're all sitting around wondering what to do uh so yeah. so we've gotten a head start on that this year uh the edmonton oilers um <laughs> To uh, <laughs> to basically steal a phrase from hockey Twitter, here come the Oilers. Uh, <laughs> the Oilers have proved that they don't have to have Peter Chiarelli to make some questionable trades, uh, and they have um, they made two trades in the last day, uh, I guess the last two days right now, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the the first one. There was a goalie swap uh, in a little bit, but. First off, we are going to talk about the one that happened uh, today as we record this on Saturday, which is the Oilers acquired Sam Gagne in a deal Saturday with Vancouver, and they sent center Ryan Spooner to the Canucks. Now, you might be thinking, didn't they already have Sam Gagne? 
Yes, they did. You might also be thinking, weren't people saying that he was part of the problem before? Yes, that is also true. You might also be thinking, didn't Sam Gagne score a bunch of power play goals with Columbus and then sign with Vancouver and do pretty much absolutely nothing? Yes, that is also true. Um, And so you might be, you might have kind of hit the nail on the head as to why this trade is a little baffling because the Oilers are apparently, you know, playoffs or die this year. And I don't really know what they're doing here. So, uh, Jay, what was what was your reaction to the Sam Gagne for Ryan Spooner trade? Well, it's funny because the way you the way you started this segment was pretty much the exact same tone and inflection in my head when I was like, huh? Hmm. You know, the just the classic uh, RCA dog looking at the Victorphone. Exactly. Like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> And then, and then you kind of start to piece things together. It's like the it's, it's the gif of the of the woman looking at the math equations in her head, or freaking Galifianakis from The Hangover doing all the calculations to to win it, blackjack and crap. But uh, yeah, I uh, honestly I did not know he was still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really keep track of the Gagne um, train after it left Edmonton the other time. So uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about how Edmonton. Do you, I, I've been asking myself: Is Edmonton the kind of team that now that they're free of like the clutches of a terrible, terrible, terrible GM? Like, is this one of those things that it's like, oh, we're doing this because like we we finally can do it, or you know, is this a smokescreen move? Right? Like, oh, okay, so you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this move. It's not gonna make too much sense. So then maybe the other stuff will kind of cool down. I don't know. Like. You know, it, it's tough to judge teams that are in a free fall or trying to do something when they don't have the materials to do, to do something. I just, I, I'm completely done with the Oilers as a situation. And it, it, this is the part where I ask you, Peter, is it okay if we start referring to the Oilers? Like, remember when the, someone mistyped the Flyers and call it Flyera? Can we call the Oilers <laughs> the oil the Oilera? <laughs> here, here come the Oilera. <laughs> I just I don't know what to think of them and it's, yeah it's, yeah I mean like the last time that I saw something involving the word oil that was this self destructive was the X Files. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut for all you X Files fans. Um, if, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, the black oil in the eyes. <laughs> anyway, we just lost half our listeners. So um, yeah, here we go. Yeah, so this is. Again, this is kind of a baffling trade in terms of this isn't really going to help them very much. No, it's and not. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of of more to say about it, but like, I, 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 I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm basically just quizzical dog come to life. I'm the human embodiment of the quizzical dog meme right now. I don't understand. Um, and- I don't know if I don't know if there's anything that could be done that's. Like, I mean, I've literally been trying to think of what is the one hockey move that they could make right now that would either make people lay off a bit or going like, oh, there's someone of substance in charge of this. Okay, I'll watch your hockey team play the rest of this season. And, and I'm, yes, there are obvious dream scenario things that they can do. Oh, they go out and get, like, you know, another they, – they, they trade Pui Arvey for, you know, whatever the next the, – for – Drew Doughty or something, just something completely obnoxious where it's like there's no reason that they were able to – there's no reason they should have been able to acquire that talent 
but they did. Yeah. So here we are. So I, I don't know. I, this is a, uh, man, you know, it's, I don't know. I would at this point, Pete love to go and just observe for like a month in Edmonton. You know, I, I don't know who I would be able to do this for. I don't know if this is something that the athletic is thinking about doing or the sporting news or the hockey news or player players tribune, just go and watch for a whole month, you know, basically go under the radar just say, like, I'm going radio silent. I'll see you in a month. And then you come out on the other side. You get a beard down to your waist. <laughs> and you're just like, here's what I've seen. Yeah, exactly. And and I just, I, I don't, I can't, they are, everything that comes out of there is is ludicrous. Every bit of news <laughs> that's come out of there is ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's pretty much like the exact opposite of, like, you look at a contract that Steve Eiserman signed, and you're like, how did he get Victor Hedman to sign that? How? <laughs> and it's pretty much the exact opposite. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, like, Steve Eiserman only makes good moves. There's there's some pretty bad things that he's done, cough, cough, Ryan Callahan contract. But he has, uh, you know... He, he he's done some really good things, and again, some things that make you wonder if he's a wizard, uh, if he has some kind of mind control power over some of these players. But the Oilers pretty much have the exact opposite effect. <laughs> and 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 actually, like like um, you know, because we are going to talk a little bit later about the the trade deadline in general with with other teams and other players. One of the things that I think is interesting is. It seems like it's really it's going to be really hard to evaluate the Oiler players. Like you had mentioned Jesse Pugliarvi, is he is his kind of uh performance this year which is it's it's not what they wanted. Is it because he's not as good a player as people thought or is it because of the Oilers factor? Is it, <laughs> and 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 so you know like like it's kind of, you know, could he be one of these by low players where it's going to be very uh, disappointing down the road if Edmonton trades him and he, I don't know, maybe say wins the Hart Trophy, just just hypothetically. So yeah, <laughs> I mean you know just just pulling something off <laughs> yeah. the top of my head. Um, yeah. Uh, so I had alluded to this before. There was also another trade. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have also sent goaltender Cam Talbot to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for, let me check my notes on this. Oh, wait, this is the person that got written out of Back to the Future, right? Oh, wait, no. That's... Yeah, yeah, Eric Eric, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, so that's, that's Eric Stoltz. Um, this, is, uh, this is not Eric Stoltz, obviously. This is Anthony Stolarz. He is... Um, he is he is a, a a goaltender for Philadelphia, which apparently it's 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 it seems like it's apparently not that hard to be a goaltender for Philadelphia because uh, they they now have started eight different goaltenders. Yeah, and I'm excited to announce, Pete, that I will be the ninth. I just got the call today, and I'm um, I'm very excited. Hopping to play next week. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to wear the Flyers uh, orange and black. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and I, I think the only reason that you were able to get uh, get that gig is because they have not been able to find a way to make uh, a goalie uniform big enough for Gritty. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That would be so great. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see them try and make a goalie mask for Gritty. Just do it. 
<laughs> if if anybody in in charge of of Gritty's pers- uh, per- personal uh, uh, fashion, figure it out. The world wants it. You know it. You know you can do it. You have the technology. This this was definitely an interesting trade. What we wanted to do is we we wanted to reach out to somebody who has uh, some insight on the Flyers goaltending situation to see. Uh, if this is going to be something that's going to be helpful for the Flyers to get uh, Cam Talbot to be kind of like a backup slash mentor for Carter Hart. Uh, so what I did is I reached out to uh, to our friend Kelly from Broad Street Hockey. And so I, I, I asked her if she would talk to uh, talk to me a little bit about this trade. And so she was she was nice enough to take some time out of her weekend to do that. So take a listen. All right, so you guys are in for a treat today because news has happened. Things things have happened. Things have come to light. And last night there was a trade. So uh, joining me right now is uh, is Kelly from Broad Street Hockey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Uh, we we actually just got done watching the Red Wings Flyers game. It was it was an experience. It was a wild ride of emotions. Yes, up and down. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so so actually, last night we had recorded a segment for for your show about the upcoming game, and I was saying I really wish that the trade had happened before so that we could have talked about it, but we can make up for it. Yeah. So, so last night the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, traded goaltender Anthony Stolarz to the Edmonton Oilers for Cam Talbot. Right, so the deal was one for one. We don't have any extra draft picks or anything like that. So so Kelly, how how did like? Well, actually, I guess it's like two questions. How do you feel about this trade? And how do Flyers fans feel about this trade? Because it might be two separate things. Yeah, you know what's fun? They are, well, they seem to be two very different things. So for me personally, and just kind of chatting amongst our broad street hockey people, I think kind of our collective opinion of this is that it's a good thing. Um, not because Cam Talbot is going to light the world on fire goaltending wise. He's, you know, an older guy. He's not been playing super well this season. However, there were a lot of factors at play here. So first of all, Anthony Stolarz, I think at this point has run out of runway with the Flyers organization. There's not really a spot for him anymore because I don't think that he could be a reliable NHL backup at this stage of the game simply because he has blown out the same knee twice in a relatively short amount of time. So I would not feel comfortable going into next season with a tandem of Carter Hart and Anthony Stolarz. It just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. So I don't think that was ever something that the team was going to do. Additionally, um, Stolarz is in that weird position where you haven't played enough games. So if you play enough games, you can be a UFA. If you don't play enough games, you're an RFA or reverse that. Um, and he, so he was never going to get, I don't think enough starts through the end of the season with us in order to remain a restricted free agent. So we were going to lose him anyway. Um, if they didn't resign him, which I don't think they would have, and he might end up getting enough starts in Edmonton for them to retain his rights, which would be good for them. Um, good for him because it would be a bit of stability because I don't know where he would fit in an NHL organization that had two goaltenders on the roster, because um, I don't think he's good enough to steal anyone's job. Um, Yeah. He's just kind of a middling goaltender whose ceiling I think is probably capable NHL backup, 
But at this point, he's not even there yet. And we've got Carter Hart. So it was just time to move on. On top of that, you have the fact that Carter Hart and Cam Talbot train together. They're buds. They're friends. Talbot is an older guy who can kind of mentor Hart a little bit. So I think that it's one of those trades where both sides can kind of go, okay, that's fine. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's what you hope for. I know, um, obviously Cam Talbot, uh, has some, some promise, you know, he, yeah. uh, he, you know, he's, he's on the older side, obviously, but a couple years ago, people were saying, you know, he could be, he could be the next big thing. He could be, you know, the, the reason that Edmonton is able to turn it around. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great. Cause I can't even, I can't even say that without laughing because of the <laughs> second trade today, the, uh, the spooner for Gagne trade oh, that, God. I'm sure like, Jay and I are going to talk about that, uh, you know, in, in the rest of the episode. But wow. Uh, they made a yeah. giant circle from Jordan Eberle to Sam Gagne. <laughs> like, how does this happen? And then, like, it kind of sucks because, um, like, don't you hate it when you see something and you have the perfect idea for like like a Twitter joke and you open up Twitter and you realize that 800 people have already made the same joke? Because, of course, I immediately thought of like they tried to trade a paperclip all the way up to a house and they ended up with a paperclip. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, it's, it's yeah, I, I yeah, there are no words for the Edmonton Oilers organization at this point. Yeah, so, so so maybe maybe Chiarelli wasn't the only problem. Oh no, they've got a lot of problems. It goes all the way to the top. They really had to like burn the entire front office down, which they'll never do. Yeah, I think I think on his way out, um, if you if you listen really carefully at the end of the press conference, you hear him say "Hail Hydra." <laughs> um, yeah. So so our uh, our. Are Flyers fans like happy with this or so I mean, it, I, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of judging from what I read on Twitter this morning, I was sleeping when this trade actually happened because I keep old lady hours. So when I woke up around 630 this morning and started kind of going through the Twitter reaction, which is, you know, obviously the best place to get the pulse of any organization's fan base. If you ask me. <laughs> exactly. It's definitely not a bunch of reactionary crazy people. It's definitely a good, solid representation of a fan base. Um, For the most part, it seemed like people were okay with it, but there was a little bit of um, a pocket of people who were pissed off that we didn't get anything extra from Edmonton because in their mind, we were relieving Edmonton of a cap problem and for that, we should have received something extra. It shouldn't have been a one-for-one trade. But I think that's a little bit, you know, narrow-minded. I think a lot of people kind of get themselves stuck in this idea that, like, your GM that you like calls up another GM that you don't like, makes a demand, lists an offer, and that other GM just takes it. Like, obviously, that's not what <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that, like, other teams were interested in Cam Talbot. Like you said, he's got a pedigree. Like, he could be a very solid backup goaltender for any team sure that we weren't the only ones asking not only that like Edmonton had a, a bunch of ways they could have solved that cat problem to get uh what's his name Sakara back on the roster so I don't think they were up against the wall as hard as some Flyers fans thought that they were um but yeah like I said it's 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 one of those trades where it's just like all right you know it's not a great trade I wouldn't say anybody won or lost I think there's also a lot of People really want there to be a winner and a loser in a trade every single time. But sometimes it's just okay for both teams. And I think it's just okay for both teams. 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I th- so, I mean, you know, like I said, that's uh, th- that seems to be a good thing, right? Yeah. And like Anthony Stolars seems like a good kid um, from all everything I've heard. He's a super nice guy. He worked really hard in the Flyers organization for a long time and through no fault of his own, really. He just kind of fell out of the ranking of goalie prospects. He just wasn't there anymore. And, you know, hopefully he'll get to Edmonton and um, at some point the organization will no longer be on fire and maybe he'll have himself a nice little career. It's, you know, best we can hope for. He wasn't going to get it here. So this is fine. Uh, th- that sounds like really wishful thinking uh, that Edmonton will one day not be on fire, but uh, maybe not in our <laughs> lifetimes, but someday. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. So, like, you, you know what it is? We need one of like another one of those like Mars rovers, uh, yeah. like opportunity that's just going to like outlive everything, and then <laughs> all of a sudden it'll be like, "Hey, Edmonton's not on fire." Uh, oh, wait, nobody can hear me. No. Uh, yeah, yeah we right. lost contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, you know last minute uh, yeah. i really appreciate it and um yeah so so obviously not our not all our listeners are red wings fans but a lot of them are so hopefully we have uh, another real barn burner tomorrow night i'll tell you if it's as dramatic as this one was i'm not sure i'm gonna make it this was a <laughs> lot for me on a saturday afternoon yeah it was definitely a roller coaster it was five to one pete <laughs> It was yeah. five to one. <laughs> That's good. I can't believe I didn't tweet that. I'm I'm mad at myself now. I saw a couple of them, so uh, somebody got all there. Right. All right, so thanks you so much. Thank you very much for having me. This was fun. Yeah, so thanks again for uh thanks again to Kelly uh for joining us. We uh we, we greatly appreciate like her, like I said, taking some time out of her day. Uh if you want to follow her on Twitter, she is at H-I-N-X. Hinks with an X. Uh four letters. That's pretty that's pretty amazing. That's like that's drill like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay, so we're gonna talk uh, a little bit more of the trade deadline in general, right? We had a couple trades, but there are uh, a lot of players who are on the markets, might get traded, might not. Uh so Obviously, there's 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 more than we can talk about in in the the amount of time we have, but yeah, you know, I, I think maybe how about let's let let's pick like three players each that we're personally interested in, and uh, we can talk about what we think is going to happen with them or like what the situation is, etc. Sure, sure, I like that. I'm a big fan of that because under no circumstances is. Anything wrong going to happen out of predicting this? Nothing. We are totally insulated from what we're about to to predict here. Absolutely. Um, Well, Pete, I have to say the first player that I'm very interested in seeing moved because I think he deserves it uh, before he gets uh, signed to a ridiculous deal in the hellhole that is Florida um, would be Mr. Sergei Bobrovsky, the officer in charge. Um, I would love to see him do... A, a fun run with somebody before being enticed by whatever Florida is trying to do for him and Panarin. Um, I guess the only thing Florida has to worry about or anybody else that trades for him is whether or not he's going to take his gear off before uh, the game ends, which is what, what the incident was when he was pulled uh, and and sat and didn't tr- didn't travel with the team that one time in the season. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Sergey deserves um, a, a change of scenery. Um, Columbus, I've always thought, was this weird phantom zone where uh, Zod, Nan, and Ursa ran rampant and didn't uh, 
didn't let anybody else have any fun. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, Bobrovsky, I would love to see what he would do with another team. I think that's, I think that's be simple. And currently TSN has him ranked as like the most, like the 11th most talked about potential moved person. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm hesitant with Bobrovsky and here's why. As we know from the people that we've talked to, uh, most recently last last week we talked to Cat Silverman. Uh, before that, well, twice obviously we talked to Cat. Uh, before that, we talked to Nick Mercadante, right? And so I I trust them about goalie information far more than I trust myself. I I, I don't know nearly as much as I'd like to about right. goalies. And I know Nick Mercadante was was pointing out something where he was basically saying, you know, buyer beware on Sergey Bobrovsky because. He is a player who relies on like his lower body. You know, he like you know he relies on uh, like his athleticism and his lower body more so than some other goaltenders. Okay. And he's had some injuries, and you know there's a there's a chance that once he starts to drop off, it's going to be precipitous. You know, we've seen that with other goalies, and basically what he's saying is like the style of play that he plays and the injuries that he has would make him very hesitant to rely on him as like a long-term solution. Uh. So it's going to be interesting. So, I mean, like as a Detroit fan, I, 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 I mean, I don't think Detroit's in the market for Bobrovsky either, um, either now or after, after the season, but I, I really would, would not want them to, to go after him. If, if that is something they were thinking of doing. That's fair. I, I, I still want him to not be in Columbus anymore. <laughs> It would it would it would sure. still be fun. I I think that there's, gosh, could you imagine if like he went to Toronto or something, or or just went to a, a Canadian team? Jay Onright would be over the moon, over the <laughs> moon. Marowski, you've been transferred. You're in narcotics now, <laughs> or, or you're you're going to you're going to uh, DEA in, in Canada. Oh wow, this this is great. Yeah. Um, all right, so my first player, and it's not just because he's a Red Wing and a lot of our listeners are Red Wings fans, is going to be Gustav Nyquist. Because, and the reason that I'm interested is because one of our one of our readers at Wingin and Motown, uh, who goes by the handle MMSR, has written some some fantastic fan posts uh, about different statistical questions and. One of the ones that he wrote about, I forget if it was his most recent one or the one before that, was uh, it's titled Peaking for a Contract, right? You know, P-E-A-K. Uh, so first of all, if you haven't read it, you you definitely need to go read it. But he looks at the idea of, you know, kind of the conventional wisdom that players who are in their contract year are going to overperform and then they end up signing a contract that they don't necessarily live up to because they're being paid for kind of like an anomaly. Yep. You know, they're pay- being paid for performing better than they will on the actual contract. And he looked into that and he found out that it is it is mostly true, that that is, that is the thing that does happen. And he also found that Gustav Nyquist, based on his past performance and this year's performance, is a prime candidate to do that, uh, to have this year be his you know his best year maybe ever but like at least for a long time and then the the following years he's not going to live up to this year's production so 
I think it's going to be interesting. I I really like Nyquist. Um, as a Red Wings fan, I I definitely think that he should be traded. Uh, because again, as much as I like him, I don't think he's going to be a part of the. You know, I don't think he's going to be a part of the team when they're really competitive, when they're, you know, hopefully if, if everything goes well, when they're actually contenders. Um, I think he's just a little bit too old for that, which which sucks. But I think that's I think that's the case. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, that Ken Holland can can can, you know, find a good trade partner for him. I wish him all the best if that does happen. And I guess we'll see. I agree with everything you've said. It is. um I, and this isn't just a hockey thing, Pete. It's just in professional sports in general. Just contract years are just so, so weird. You think to yourself, you're like, why? For why you do this now? <laughs> for for why to do? Yeah. <laughs> and and I would like there to be, I don't know, maybe this is the, the a discussion for another time, but I think it would be funny to have some sort of wild card contract detail where it's like, hey, you know, yeah, you sign this big contract, but you always have to meet this minimum threshold of points in order to have you be continue to qualify and otherwise you forfeit some bonus salary or something. Because um, I, I just sometimes those contract years, they just, this guy plays out of his mind and then he's making a bajillion dollars and then the next year he's like, oh, my foot twisted ever so slightly in the wrong direction. Oh, I'm trying to pace myself. No more, I say. No more. Um, (laughs) The other player that I uh, am very interested in seeing moved is uh, Mark Stone. Um, He is a very good hockey player. (laughs) I like like fortune to Mark Stone. And and based on the aging curve, maximize the stars prime article that uh, Boltman was able to put together. Um, I, I'm growing more and more uh, into a Mark Stone fan, but I realized that uh, a lot of things would have to happen in order for him to come here. So now I'm just concerned about where does he go now? And uh, wherever he goes, I'm sure um, is going to sway his decision. I, I don't know if that's a, if it's a divisional thing. Um, Honestly, Pete, I think it'd be really cool if Duchesne and Stone were both shipped out at the exact same time. <laughs> I think that just think about think about <laughs> Ottawa just completely beefing it again and again and again, and and I just feel like in one fell swoop they'd be like, okay, so you know, basically the whatever the obviously they you would think that they'd be smart enough to find some sort of return that's on par with Duchesne and Stone, but um, yeah, I think I think Stoney is a good person to keep an eye on. I don't. See, this is what's weird because we are all in a Tampa Bay Lightning world, and, and, and I'm just very, very curious as to, regardless of where these guys go and who ends up with them, how do you stop the Lightning? <laughs> how, like, who is going to be that yes. X factor to put somebody up to be like, no, across this line, you shall not, and then, you know, maybe something happens. But I, I, I think Stone definitely improves somebody, but I don't know if that's a somebody who's – um, you know, I, I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he, he, I think he's definitely one of the, even though, uh, in the athletic article that came out either, I think it came out today, he's number three on the list, but I still think he's yeah. underrated, uh, in, in most, by most yeah. of the, the league's fan bases. All right. So my second player is Wayne Simmons 
And there's a very specific reason, which is, well, number one, I like him a lot. Like, I, I, I would love to have him on my team. I would love to have him on the Red Wings. I think he's a, obviously a hard-nosed player, but he he's, you know, I, I can't remember him being overly dirty. You know, obviously you have a player that's really physical. Um, I, I can't think of too many instances off the top of my head of him, you know, crossing the line in, uh, you know, having yeah. the reputation of being a dirty player. Um, and, you know, he can he can score. He can uh, he can play physical. When you think about last year, when you think about the Stanley Cup, when you think about needing to take care of the returning champions, a certain garbage can <laughs> in the form of a hockey player named Tom Wilson comes to mind, and I do think, and and I'm I'm, I'm far from the only person to think this, but I do think that there's a chance that Wayne Simmons could go for more than he's even probably worth as a kind of Tom Wilson kryptonite, as kind of yeah. like the Tom Wilson insurance policy if yep. you come up against the Washington Capitals in the playoffs. Yes. Because as as much as we don't like Tom Wilson, I, 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 know, I know I speak for both of us on this, <laughs> he can be a very effective hockey player when he's not trying to kill people. When he's not trying to end careers, he can be a very effective hockey player, uh, both in actually scoring and the physical play that he does. It can it can have a huge impact on the game. And I do think that there are going to be teams out there in the Eastern Conference, especially who are going to try to, um, you know, try to add to that. And and plus, if you look at his contract, you know, this is his, he, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. So he has a four million dollar cap hit, but it's going to be prorated. So. He's he's the type of player that a team even kind of close to the cap could add for a playoff run. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to him because I I would not be surprised if Philly holds on to him and and extends him because I think he's I think he's a big part of that team and I guess I guess we'll have to see if I'm correct on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a fairly large under the radar fan of of Simmons um, and I, and I would like to see him be <laughs> at this moment i just want to make a like a, a photoshop of the poster for cobra with 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 stallone on it but just put put wayne simmons on it tom wilson is is a cancer meet the cure <laughs> yeah. and then and then we're we're off and running but yeah yeah that's that's cool i see him going i i would love i i my gut's telling me that he he does get moved but you know i i do like him in philly he's I think he's just he's just done such a great job in there, and ever since they're they're two they're twenty four seven. I just I like him. I like him. I hope he does well. Um, I uh, my my third player, and I know this is a bit of a bit of a wild card one because I honestly don't know what's happening with uh, if it's even going to happen because he keeps talking about how quality of a guy he is. But uh, I'm going with another Red Wing, Luke Glendening. I think he, ah. I think he gets some, I, I, something. To, oh, there's just this. <laughs> I have the, I just have this image of, of of Dubis sitting in his chair, and there's Babcock behind his shoulder, just whispering in his ear, and then the phone call comes through, and the trade is 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 Gardner for for Glenn Denning, and then the 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 Leafs have their their uh, their their fourth line center that just like. It's like that's the magic piece, right? It's not. It's not another yeah. elite scorer. It's not another 
just shut down <laughs> defensemen. It's just this steady, dependable, everyday center who can just feed people the puck that nobody gives any pay. You know, it's it's the it's the Gandalfism, right? You know, like the 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 I, I find it's the little people that do the it's the small things that make the difference. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I think I think Glenn Denning gets gets moved. These his cap hit is disgustingly nice. I just don't I don't I don't I don't see somebody taking a run at him for compensation. I I, I think on the, and then on that same point. I, I would like it. What do you think? At least a second or a high second round, late first round, or maybe just like a, a package of I mean, a, a package of later, you know, like maybe maybe in tandem, like a, just a package of larger picks in the second and third round to compensate for them. Because honestly, I don't I don't know if the only the, the only player moves that I want adding right now are are de, are like defensemen because I think our offense is kind of coming along a little bit in the minors and and up here so. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would, uh, if if somehow we could do the original trade that you talked about, which was Luke Lendenning for uh, Jake Gardner, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would uh, be the proverbial pack his bags and drive to the airport <laughs> myself. Uh, and, 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 and I say this as somebody who likes Luke Lendenning. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like the, like, the whole idea is that it seems like Mike Babcock really – overvalues yes, him potentially and we need to feed uh, that and we so need to shoot exactly the, the the photon torpedo into the exhaust port just do it yeah i mean he's you know he signed for another few years and like you said his cap hit is very reasonable but like the thing is you it's okay fourth line centers you know fourth line players and bottom pair defensemen are a dime a dozen at the beginning mm. of every season it's not hard to get them and that's the thing. It's like, oh, well, well, we have our fourth line center. It's like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's not the problem. You know, like like fourth line centers grow on trees uh, compared to other types of players you need. And and again, and, and again, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, he, he's been a really good player. He's been a really good Red Wing. He's, uh, you know, he's always, you know, he... I don't know. It sounds cliche, but, like, you know, he, like he always busts his ass out there. Like, like you never have to worry about him. You know, so... I you know I, I don't want to say like oh I, I I hate him get him off my team but it's just like if we can get something more valuable then yeah I think you got to do that uh, I mean that's that's like a no brainer uh, all right so the last player I'm gonna talk about I wasn't I, I left this player for last because I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about uh, him uh, yeah but yeah I kind of feel like we have to talk about him um, I am of course I'm talking about Jesse Pugliarvi no I'm just kidding um, <laughs> I am talking yeah. about. The bread man himself, Mr. Cuckoo Kachu, <laughs> Artemi Panera. And because he is he seems to be like the ultimate wild card. Um because Columbus might keep him. Columbus might trade him. If they do trade him, there's a wide range of, of teams that he could possibly go to. Um it, it, uh, uh, according to Elliot Friedman, right, uh the, the Kings were trying to get Panarin, which I think is interesting because they're not like I. I don't see them trade. I mean, obviously, they're not going to trade for him for a playoff run, uh, for the same re- reason that the Red Wings aren't going to trade for a player for a playoff run, or the Ottawa Senators aren't going to trade for a player for a playoff run. Um, but apparently, a lot of people think that he's going to uh, he's going to go there in free agency. Uh, the Islanders, range Panthers are also considered front runners uh, to get his services long term, and so I think it's going to be interesting. I I do think. And we're going to talk about them a little bit later. I do think that 
if I had to bet, I would bet on him going to the Islanders because I think that and 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 again I I'm taking this from Elliot Friedman uh, who says it all the time that Lou Lamorello if he thinks that he can win he will do what he thinks he needs to do and and I know I'm I'm not saying it correctly but you know what I'm saying if if he thinks that his team has a chance to be a Stanley Cup contender then he is going to go out there and get the players he thinks he needs to do it and adding Panera to that team would be pretty crazy because obviously they have Barzell, they have other players that can score, but I mean, Panarin would just really take their offense to the next level and they would be a really hard out in the playoffs if they keep getting the, uh, even close to the goaltending that they've been getting. You took the words right out of my mouth, Pete. That's where I want him to go. I think all the other places, yeah, they have probably have a good shot of him of signing him for like in the off season and whatnot, but if he's like he has to be on the move and especially in light of this other news which we're excited to talk about that the Islanders will be doing the first round at a certain pantheon of old um I think Panarin going to the Jackets and then a a uh, Panarin going from the Jackets to the Islanders and then uh facing the Leafs I think that would probably be my Shangri-La of uh, of a series, yeah. and 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 I wish I I will I would hope it goes seven games and each game is six overtimes. That would be it would be so much fun to see just the clashing of those two things. Because either way, it doesn't matter because Tampa's going to be yeah. <laughs> Tampa's going to be waiting for him. But it'll be a fun it'll be a fun round. Yeah, it'll it'll, it'll be nice. So yeah, I I totally agree. Panarin is. That there's there was this old oh man I, I forget I forget how many years ago it was but there's this funny uh, baseball trade deadline commercial that was going around where there it was it was an ad for DHL shipping and it was uh, trying to find out where Kenny Lofton's bags are gonna go and everybody just could answer like is that Lofton stuff send it to Chicago <laughs> and then it, like it would get to Chicago and be like no no send it to Cleveland <laughs> and then and then Toronto yeah. and then New yeah. York because he was just this most oft traded guy. So I just would be really funny to see Panarin's bags somewhere, and someone's like, "Oh, Panarin's bags, <laughs> send it to the island." Yeah, he's he's basically the um, he's basically the Mike Sillinger of Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the. Yeah. <laughs> I played from I played with Mike Sillinger in my game the other day. I'm very excited about that. He's very good. We have breaking news. We have breaking news. Breaking news. Chris Johnson reporting on Hockey Night in Canada intermission that the hashtag Red Wings have asked Gustav Nyquist for a list of teams he would accept a trade to. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because he he's got the full note, right? You know, the thing that Ken Holland starts every phone call with. So we're not going to move you unless you ask us to or you let us. Oh, man, that's exciting. Do we talk about this right now or do we wait? What do we do? Where, do she, where, I don't know. where would where do we want the most value from? This is exciting. This is the first time that something's happening while we're recording it. Sure, it's going to be two days old by the time it gets out to people's ears, yeah. but they get to hear our genuine excitement right now. Well, just in case you're wondering, uh, he has a no trade clause. He does not have it. The only player that has a actually he doesn't even have a no like uh, Franz Nielsen had a no move clause, but this oh, year it got right. changed to a modified no trades clause. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, list of teams, list of teams. Um, okay, so uh, l- l- rapid fire. 
uh, all of the good ones <laughs> because that means exactly. the good ones have something something to give up. I don't know. Uh, Pete, we were talking about this the last time too. He's going to if if karma and the universe works as we all expect it to, wherever he goes, he's going to either be tremendously tremendously awful or light speed better than he ever was with us. That's just a, it's a, it's just a fact of life. It, he either leaves and becomes an absolute garbage heap, <coughs> Riley Sheehan, <coughs> or he's gonna go somewhere else and just be amazing, <coughs> Marion Hosa, <coughs> Marion Hosa. <laughs> so I don't know. I I I don't. If I had a preference, Pete, I would say out of the conference. I think I think he could be like a cool sharks ad. You know, if the sharks threw us something. Um, gosh, is there like. I don't know. Like, would I don't know? I I mean, I, I could see him on Winnipeg. Winnipeg, I think he'd be he'd be a lot of fun. Screw it, Nyquist, two Islanders, make the call. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. That's all I got. There, I, I, this is I butterflies. Yeah. Pete. butterflies. All right. So, so actually, let's um let's get into the uh, the topic we we had kind of alluded to. The New York Islanders have announced that they are going to play. Uh, obviously, assuming they make it, they are going to play the first round of the playoffs at Nassau Coliseum instead of Barclays Center. So this is a very interesting development. Um, as as people listening to this know, I grew up an Islanders fan. I've been to Nassau Coliseum many, many times. Um, and Nassau Coliseum is a fantastic place to see a hockey game. It was not a fantastic place to kind of be in. <laughs> At first, it was very rundown. Like if basically you would pine for the modern amenities of Joe Louis Arena if you went to Nassau Coliseum before they renovated it. You mean the the modern uh, amenities like Petrops? Uh, Is that did what what was the was the was the Coliseum a? There's uh, just a, a big hole in the ground. Uh, There's just a giant <laughs> hole in the ground, and they would throw Ranger fans into it. No, but I mean the concourse was so narrow. It was so narrow, and, and like I said, I you know I I I got a chance to go to Joe Louis Arena uh, before uh, you know well for two games during the last season, and I can tell you that trust me, it was. It was not the same. Uh, it just was not. Like, the concourse was narrower. Um, it was just kind of a dump. But at the same time, it was a great place to see a game. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Uh, it was it's, – it's the loudest arena I've ever been in. Um, and it – especially during, during the playoffs, is just – unbelievably loud like you know when they say like, like like the players would be in the locker room before the game and the walls would be shaking like, like, like they could actually feel the wall shaking because of how loud it was before the game even started so it's going to be interesting because I think we had talked about this before that the Islanders are going to be playing uh Toronto near the end of the season I think it's April 1st um at Nassau Coliseum and I'm telling you that is going to be ridiculous it's going to be oh my god so many bad things are going to happen <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah for sure i'm i'm not uh i'm not happy that i can't go go to that game i mean may, may, maybe by the time that happens i'll have been hit by a car and won a huge settlement <laughs> and then i can just travel travel the world or something but um i don't i don't usually get excited about like games that aren't happening within my zip code but if there's one game or games that 
I and I've already said it. I want to see the. <laughs> I just feel like those games would be just so ridiculously electric. Yeah. Just ridiculously electric. And and ever since the alien repaired the Nassau Coliseum, I'm, I I'm excited to see what goes on there. I I ask you I ask you now, Pete. I ask you now. Mm-hmm. Do they go back full time? Oh, see, see, that's such a weird, it's such a tough question because, well, no, because they're they're building a they're going to build a, an arena in Belmont. Uh, well, yeah, that's happening. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, happening? I think I I I, okay. I think I would say like like the, there might be a chance, and, and I don't know like the legality here, so that's that's because I haven't really been paying attention. Um, but every now and then, you know, you see an article, you know, like for example today, um. The when they did the renovation, like the Nassau Coliseum did not have a a high number of of seats to begin with compared to other arenas. And they took out a lot of seats. So I don't want to say I don't want to say what I think the the maximum capacity is now, but it it is much lower than the the normal modern arena. So I don't know if that's going to be a problem with them maybe going back maybe next year full time until the new arena is built. However, at the same time, they're not getting a lot of people going to Brooklyn. Uh, so, you know, going to the Barclays Center. So I think they'd actually probably get more more people if they played in Nassau Coliseum full time. But one thing I will say is uh, I did get a chance to go back and see a game uh, when the Red Wings came. They, they came to uh, the Nassau Coliseum and I went to go see that game. And... I will say it like it, it was a lot better of an experience outside of the the game atmosphere because the game atmosphere is still pretty much just as good as it was before in terms of you know being loud etc but um be very careful if you end up going there of the food because I think I got a hamburger and it looked delicious it looked like it was one of those you know high end specialty hamburgers I think it said it had a brioche bun and it looked Ooh. When I got it, it looked like a squish McDonald's double cheeseburger. Like it, it was not, it was not what was advertised. Let me just say that. So, are you saying that the food was emblematic of what the what the Coliseum could be? Shiny on the outside, but then once you get in there, yeah, it still needs yeah. some work. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's so that's that's exciting. Trade. So, as we said, Pete. Next time we record, from what we understand, the deadline will have passed, and all or none of the players we discussed would be moved. So I'm very excited to see what we end up with. Um, just once, Peter, I'd like there. I just I, I know you can't legislate it in the game because there's no way anybody would ever agree to it. But gosh, it'd be really the only time you could make your like you could arrange your trades, but the deadline day was the only day you could make the trade calls. Yeah. That I think that'd be so cool. Like everybody agrees in, in principle, and like you basically sign like a like a like a handshake agreement to do the trade and stuff. But the only day you can make it official is is, is deadline day. So then that way James Duffy just just explodes. <laughs> yeah, and 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 also they need to have uh, Ilya Brishkalov on every trade deadline day. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, oh. they need to have Ilya Brishkalov like on TV every every day of the year. Uh, he, he just makes everything better. And and by the way, um, since you know, since we have it in our contract that we have to talk about NHL 19 every so often, um, <laughs> I've been playing the uh, I've been playing a lot of EA SHL. 
Uh, I've been playing the the ones mode, which is which is both fun and incredibly frustrating sometimes. And oh, then yes. I, yeah, but then I've also played. Uh, I've also been playing the uh, like the three on three. Uh, not not the threes, but like the three on three EASHL, um, and a little bit of the six on six. But I really like the three on three. That's pretty fun. Um, so actually, here I'll, I'll say this right now: if um, if you are interested, uh, if you're if you're a listener and you like to play for Xbox, you can you know reach out to us. I know I would definitely be interested in in playing, like you know putting a group of people together and uh, and playing. So you know reach out to us either on Twitter or send us a, an email or a message or something like that. That would be fun. That would be good. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The, the whole reason I, I started saying that because in in that you can uh, give some give specific attributes to your your player based on progression, right? So you can unlock all these different things, and one of them is a like an audio file that plays when you get a big hit, and one of them is I bet you can guess. I bet you can guess which one it is. I don't. Tell 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 the viewers, tell the listeners. Why you have to be mad? <laughs> and so, oh, it's so much fun. Uh, now I have not unlocked it yet, but somebody somebody on the other team had it, and they hit me once, and I heard it, and I kept trying to get hit again so I could hear it because I didn't care. I was like, I'll, I'll throw this game if I can just hear that over and over again. Um, so, yeah, so so that's a lot of fun. Uh, and speaking of a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to close out this episode with one last segment. We're going to talk about a little something called the Storm Surge. Now, now yes. Jay here, let's stop for a second because I found the video of Don yeah. Cherry ranting about it. Uh, Carolina hurricanes are like, uh, for oh. me, in the military, we have traditions. We have, you know, like the New Zealand All Blacks, you know, the rugby team. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah, yeah. So why are you mad at All right, Carolina? now, listen, let's listen. This is the National Hockey League. Brenda Moore is a good coach. He play. These guys, to me, are jerks. You have to do this in the National. They're still not drawn. This is to me, and I'll tell you one thing, they better not do this in the playoff. What I don't understand is Brenda Moore is a street shooter. He always was. This is a joke. The, the rest of the guys, young men expressing themselves for joy of winning. You don't do this thing in the net. It's professional hockey. What are these guys, the jerks or something? And I'll tell you one thing. They do this in the playoffs, making fun of the other team. But nobody's out on the ice. The game's over. I admit, I always liked your theory of when you celebrate when you win only. Uh, That's why you liked Muhammad Ali, whereas uh, Sugar Leonard did the Yeah, before. Now, you don't. If you want to do it, do it before. But that that is absolutely ridiculous. I know the rest of the people. I know all the broadcasters and everything are afraid to say something like that. They're jerks doing it. I kind of like it. I know you. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're lucky. The weatherman, you know what I mean? I know what I'm talking about. You never do anything like that. They're still not drawn. They're a bunch of jerks as far as I'm concerned. Imagine Justin Williams doing stuff like that. Right, Ridiculous. Seems a little odd. i got to give you that. What he just said is if you're going to, if you're going to do it, <laughs> and by do it he means celebrate winning, do it before. Right? The man's he's senile. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's saying what he thinks is being said. Oh, the diapers are full on hockey night. Oh, my lordy. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, if you listen to both uh, For Sure and Wim Radio, you probably heard Jay and JJ and and me talk about the storm surge before and how we hope that, un- unlike what Don Cherry said, we hope that they 
uh, that they do do it in the playoffs if they win, and that it just gets more and more elaborate, kind of like Vegas. Like they have like a full Vegas stage show um, if they if they win. Now, I mean, obviously Don Cherry is 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 not the uh, you know the bastion of wisdom in the NHL, but he he does represent a a certain perspective because there are other people that that have gotten upset about this and like basically the reason that I wanted to talk about it is because the one they did the other day which was the baseball one was just next level it was just absolutely phenomenal and I don't understand well I do understand I wish I didn't understand why them having fun doing something that their fans love that they love and choose to do is a problem for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's a, just a special place for, for Don Cherry right now. Oh man. See the, the problem here, Pete is you have people who played the game, obviously still trying to be heavily involved in the game still trying to dictate how the game should be. And and what's weird is, for the most part, that, that does certainly have a place. You can have people who are, you know, former players and, and, and the like taking over positions in the game and getting yourself in, in, a, in a place where it's like, yeah, I play the game and using that experience, here's what I want to bring to the table, here's what I want to change and improve, da, da, da. Everything Cherry just said is, you know, he's he's served his his purpose as a hockey luminary. Uh, for the most part, I think early on, maybe he had mostly coherent, insane takes on things. But now, you know, as as we've discussed many times before, Ron McLean is there, looking like his life is dependent upon him keeping Cherry somewhat in yeah. check. <laughs> There's not, there's not really anything that can can match the faces that he makes. Cherry goes, I'm, I, I have to watch this, go watch this stuff again because you have to see McLean's face. But, you know, there, I, I saw someone tweet about it as well, and and it obviously needs to be said here. The way he gets all like, try to be like namby pamby about like saying, oh, guys, expressing themselves. That's kind of what we in the biz like to call, and not kind of. I'm actually, I'm, I'm dumb by saying it, and I, I'm, maybe I'm a little scared to say it, but not. But not anymore, Pete. That's toxic masculinity right there. That is Don Cherry completely making fun of somebody who wants to have fun with the game, who wants to have fun with the situation that they're in. It's selfish. He thinks the game is his own and it belongs to somebody else. It belongs to them now. He's not playing. Yes, you can obviously have your place to talk about, uh, you know, oh, back in my – like you can still talk about yeah. how guys did in the past – that's that there's no onus to force or, or or regulate the game to make sure it's played the same way as it was back in the 60s or the 50s or the 70s. The league has, has changed. There are so many fresh personalities. And, and, you know, again, social media has has opened this gigantic Pandora's box. It's freaking it's shutting off the power grid by Walter Peck. The, the, the ghosts are out, man. You can't put them back in. Gozer has come. So you have to be in this situation and, and just admit that there are cool things happening. You have to let cool things happen. You have to let fun things happen. And for some reason, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know what you say or ask of Don Cherry 
to like I don't know if he'd even be able to form a coherent uh, or or believable thought of like listen Don, tell us why what were you scared because at one point you tried to expect your, express yourself in this manner and other people browbeat you that you shouldn't celebrate things like this that you shouldn't do things a certain way like what is that crux moment everybody has that stupid thing that becomes this pillar this foundational element of their personality and how they conduct themselves and it will govern them for the rest of their life no matter how hard anybody tries so don cherry believes that the the no fun having should be everlasting and that's crap it's just crap so I I laughed so hard at that segment. I'm also very sad at that segment because somebody's going to listen to that. Some young kid's going to listen to that. And hopefully he's going to have a parent, he or she, uh, is going to have a parent that's going to listen to that and say, okay, that is the rantings of a madman. Don't listen to him. You know, hey, the next time you lace up, when, the next time you score a goal, or the next time the game's done, join me outside. We're going to have our own storm surge in the parking lot. You know, just have have what everybody wants more of, which is fun. That's my rant. <laughs> I was just thinking that I, even though I I agree with what you're saying, I am right now. I am the Ron McLean to your Don Cherry, uh, <laughs> and then I'm just sitting here while you talk. Like the the only difference is that you are you are not wearing um like a 1950s grandmother's couch as a suit. Yeah. No. No, I am wearing a, something that Mickey Redmond probably wore at some point, a nice a nice yeah. Technicolor flannel. So Are you sure it's not a Technicolor dream coat? <laughs> uh, drew yeah. back the curtain to see yeah. for certain what I thought I knew. Hopefully you out there are enjoying the Carolina Hurricanes celebration. Um, if not, ask yourself why. It's, it's one minute. It takes one minute. It's not like they're uh, – you know, it's not like they're putting on elaborate productions of, of Broadway shows. Um, it's not like they're—I don't even know what else. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening. Um, we are going to have hopefully next episode. We should be able to have Dan, Dan uh, Daniel Clarcillo on. You know, obviously, come back in two weeks for that. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow us on social media. I am at P Flynn Hockey on Twitter. Jay is at the Roar underscore twenty four. Our podcast is at two hundred foot pod. That's two zero zero F T P O D. And we also started a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash for sure pod F E R S U R E P O D. If you want to get something from our merchandise store, you can go to tinyurl.com slash for shirt, which is F-E-R-S-H-I-R-T. So have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will be back at you soon after the trade deadline. And we'll talk about all the stuff that happened before February 25th. Can't wait to see brand new Pittsburgh Penguin Gustav Nyquist in exchange for Phil Kessel. It's going to be great. For sure. For sure, 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 for sure,